welcome to another episode of Yes PHX Presents. We are sitting here in the official Zcast pop up podcast studio again, and uh, we're lucky to have a special guest with us another speaker. Oh my god, no way! Another speaker from Phoenix Startup Week. Would you please introduce yourself, young lady, and tell us who you are? what you do and what you spoke on this week. Cause you spoke on Monday. Yes, I right? did. Yeah. And I, I spoke on Monday. So I'm Rebecca Rubaker. I am the CEO and founder of real time steam, which is a nonprofit here in Arizona. And I spoke on the realities of your first year of nonprofits. Shocker. Right, man. I, and that was probably a hot topic. It was, it was a very hot topic. (laughs) And, um, I was willing to do a whole bunch of mentoring on nonprofits and biotech because that's my back end as a STEM person. And lots of people asking me tons and tons of questions on nonprofits and where should I go? Should it be a nonprofit? Should it be a beneficiary nonprofit, you know, LLC, and a lot of things like that. But my nonprofit is mainly focused on the science and education mm-hmm. um, here in Arizona. Being, We want to make it fun again. Uh, we want people to get um, engaged and primarily uh, K through 12 and adults. We do so by things like pop culture, science, uh, citizen science, bio blitz, storytelling science, doing things called um, STEAM specials, where we go into schools and provide hands-on activities uh, by dovetailing in with the actual science class. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing one thing, learning one thing, we'll go a little bit further and actually do the hands-on lab activity with the students. And um, what we're really well known for, actually, is we provide the science and education tracks at Phoenix Comic Fest, formerly known as Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) Comic-Con. So that's a lot of fun there. Um, But this week has been a lot of uh, fun times here at the Startup Week. Yes, Phoenix Startup Week and engaging in. Oh, I fell into that trap, too, while I was starting my nonprofit. Here's how you work around or... Um, don't do that, do this, or that 1023 form. Oh my God, that long, long 1023 form. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's, it's funny though, because I don't think necessarily people, um, associate like, Hey, startup week. It's, it's like tech, you know, d- yeah. software development, all this stuff, apps and the word nonprofit yeah. doesn't necessarily come into people's minds, but it should. It should. It should, right? Yeah, well, because non, uh, you know, nonprofit does not mean no profit. Right. A Unless people, you're a startup. <laughs> well, a startup in tech does, is still no profit. Yeah, no money. No money. No, but that's a different type of no money. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they still, a lot of people still associate it as being no profit. And that's not necessarily true. It just takes about three years to finally be able to, traditionally, to mm-hmm. finally be able to cut a paycheck and to be have employees and everything like that um that's kind of the average and a lot of people go well that's that's like a lot of work and i'm like well think about you know your traditional tech startup you're still looking for venture capital and you're still doing all of this and how long would it normally take for you in that and maybe six months maybe a year maybe two but this is serving a community need right so it's going to take you a little bit longer 
And, um, but you can get grants, uh, you can do, you can still find a foundation grant. You can find people that are willing to, you know, help you out depending on what it is that you're doing. And a lot of, you know, I particularly went with steam, which, um, just for explanational purposes is science, technology, um, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Um, we put the art back in, uh, because, uh, one of my personal favorite uh, people that idols that I grew up with was Marie Curie as being one of the first women to ever win a Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. And she was also the only person ever to win two Nobel Prizes in two different categories. And she was, I don't remember the quote exactly, but she always said that you being in science and um research, you have to have imagination and which is very true because anybody that has done a research project knows that you are very MacGyvery. Um, you're having to figure out how to, you know, create, you know, one thing or use a piece of equipment slightly different than what they tell you to, because you can't, you know, I don't have another $200,000 for that piece of equipment. So how can I rig something to do exactly that? So you have to be creative. You have to be imaginary, not imaginary, imaginative. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, And you don't, you learn that through the arts and you learn that through maybe even reading your favorite science fiction novel when you're a kid going, how can I actually make that come true? Or, you know, is the midichlorines actually possible <laughs> can i become a can jedi? i be a jedi yeah, yeah you know like these are the things that we we're thinking as kids when we're young you know scientists in the making and that was kind of like that's all you know that's in the arts sure and so when we built real-time steam it's like we have to keep the a in there and so a lot of people pull it out and they make it stem and it's like no they're they're right there with it you need to bring the a back in and so you know because you can't you know go i well i want the robot to go around the circle twice down down the alleyway and then up over this so how do i program that well you know you tell a kid you know here's your box of stuff make this they're going to be creative they're going to you're not going to get the same result from every set of you know group of kids in that challenge And so like they're all using creativity in that element and that's, that's where that art is. And so, and when we do our, you know, programming at, um, comic fest, you know, everybody lights up, everybody's excited, you know, to see that, well, can we build Iron Man? Like, can we actually build Iron Man? Or lately it's been Jarvis, the AI, the machine learning. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. That's the fun one that everybody wants, right? Right. Build me a Maserati. Yeah, it's like, well, I just want the robots to come in and do all the work. But I mean, what's really kind of interesting on that element, too, is, you know, we've been talking with a whole bunch of you know colleagues and it's like, well, that's exactly what technology has done is let them, you know, we've built these great robots and these AIs to do these, you know, the repetitive stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what technology has done. All these great text groups that we've heard talk today, you know, in med tech and, you know, blockchain and SaaS, let them do the repetitive math. Let yep. them do the repetitive day-to-day work to allow us to become like like Tony Stark and think about the bigger, greater picture and have them do the repetitive tasks to figure out how the best route is to get there. 
And so when we have our great panels and everything and these, you know, future STEM, you know, innovative people are in there, it's like, yes, we're almost there. You might get us to that next spot. You Mm. might get us to Jarvis. But let me tell you what roadblocks we have right now. So, yay. Like, this is where we're at. (laughs) And then we'll have, like, an actual hard science panel on, you know, uh, it was Psyche, QStat, Osiris Rex, Oh My, NASA's love of, of Arizona. And they got to see all these beautiful pictures from Jupiter and from Dawn and from Pluto and all these great things. And people were just like, that's where we are. Like, where is it going next? Like, when are we going to see the next images? And they're like, well, you know, we'll let you know. Cause it's, they're really far away. It takes a while for these <laughs> images to come back. <laughs> like, you know, they're light years. Like this, they're like 14, 15 years away. Yeah. And, um, it's not like a, like a Polaroid. No, <laughs> it's, it's not like, you know, just sending a picture from, you know, your phone, your phone to his phone. Like it's, you know, these, they're very, like, you know, Saturn, <laughs> past Jupiter, past it's the belt. It's just yeah, yeah. a little far away. But the attendance really enjoys these. And so, you know, one minute they're talking about, you know, we had AC versus DC, Tesla versus Edison. So, you know, talking about, you know, did Edison really take a lot of um, Tesla's work and, you know, vice versa, because the steampunk culture really idolizes Tesla. And now we have Tesla in space, you know, and (laughs) so all these great things that we're able to loop back into, you know, teaching them that sneaky science and getting them very excited. But we're also wanting them to be our advocates in the science and everything and being like, you can potentially become that garage engineer. We know it's in you be creative, be, you know, just question and go and, you know, read your comic book or watch the movie. I don't really mind, but just think about it, you know? So how do you, how do you get, how do you get them from that? Like in between those steps. So from getting from okay they're reading reading the comic book they're getting inspired right mm-hmm. and and to get to the the next step of doing something and implementing something building something creating something like what's what's that process well we do our great event and then we also collaborate with a lot of groups in town um and we work with a lot of the maker spaces as well as i don't know if you guys are aware but there's 47 um will be 48 by the end of summer, um, maker spaces available wow. in the Phoenix greater area. I know there was that many. I know yeah. the, I know a couple, but I did not know there was that many. There's 48. And a lot of them are open to the public. They're in like libraries, they're in schools, they're in areas. So we work with them to be, you know, to establish that here's a maker space. Here's what you have, you, you know, to be able to take um, your great idea And then we go on to that to be like, okay, how would you do it? And then we provide things like the science cafes where you can pick the brain of a scientist Mm -hmm. that's just there to say, okay, what is it that you are wanting to do and how you do it? And if you were to do that, then this is kind of the avenue that you wouldn't want to take Mm. or, and then, you know, we provide. We'll work with one of the makerspaces in particular that's like, oh, we had this great group of people that have contacted us and they want us to do this. Or 
will um, in particular like event planning is kind of one of our side things because mm-hmm. we do, you know, that large event. So it's kind of in our wheelhouse, but we work with schools and we work with um, like uh, other organizations out there. And we're always open to working with anybody that wants to work with us in that particular event because one of our taglines is you tell us what you need and we will help you get it. And if it's not us, we'll find somebody because we've been in this business for a long time. We just happened to create a nonprofit finally. Hmm. It's one of those things. But yeah. every year at Con, we, you know, we sell them. We, if you found a particular, you know, person like a scientist or whatever that you're like, I want to talk with that person or we do beers with scientists is one of our things. But if they happen to be a little bit too young for beer, (laughs) (laughs) um, we're, you know, we'll have meetups afterwards and, or we'll put together a group and we'll say, okay, you know, what can we do to help you and how can we help you get there? So, you know, we'll connect you with, um, the scientists and we'll like, if you want to talk with them and we always tell everyone to bring business cards or something, because you may end up having a writer contact you. Cause we've had some people that have actually helped do the science behind some of these new comics that are coming out from the local, um, comic books mm-hmm. and the local writers, because it's a lot easier to self publish now. Right. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. And so there's some, you know, um, we had some collaborations there where, they're going, I helped write that science. Like, look how cool that is. And um, so they do a lot of meetups with that. And then like the science, like I said, science cafes, the storytelling science that we provide as well, mm-hmm. where we'll get together. Um, and so we work with the local groups and the maker spaces. And we've partnered with some um, like Stax 3Ds partnerships to go out into the communities to provide those events and so forth. And so just kind of, you know, trying to get them in and like, I, you know, the schools with the steam specials to be like how, you know, let us show you, you want, you want to be Iron Man? Okay. So let's, how would you build that suit? Right. So. And, and you're getting uh, as far as a reception <laughs> from the, <laughs> from the community, from the school. I mean, is it, it's, it's all positive. Yes, it is positive. Um, What's the hardest thing? What's the hardest thing that you have to go through to, to like, get it done getting them to understand that we are in fact at you know comic-con mm-hmm. oh sorry comic fest uh-huh. this, this this is a hard <laughs> shift for me i hear you um, i know <laughs> because the the industry partners at first are like science at con like see that's the, crazy though why not why wouldn't I, they well Five years ago, yeah. it was like, okay, I'll do this. And then we just blew up like crazy. Mm-hmm. We went from 10 panels to now we're 100 hours of programming, space in the hall appears, like just crazy, right? You know, and not only that, the professional development for teachers approved by the State Board of Education, um, we've got the, you know, gold star, high quality um, professional development from, you know, their words, not mine. Um, and the at first you kind of get this like okay and you um had elio been here he would have you know chimed in right here to say i this is his story mm-hmm. mind you elio greco um over at cyber warfare range yep. um yep. i know yeah yeah you know yeah. okay you know i met elio. him i met him um good and, guy yeah uh two years three years ago we invited him to do a panel and it took us a while to convince him to do a panel. 
And he was like, okay, fine. Um, just get me a day pass. I'm just going to d- drop in and um, to do this pass and do this panel. And because he was like, I've never gone to a con. I don't know what this is. And okay, so I'm going to talk on the AI of Mr. Robot, I think it was. Nice. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so he drops in. I get introduced to him and... He does his panel and he is just shocked that there's three rooms of science that this is even happening at the comic fest. And he's like, the rooms are packed. He's seeing all of this going on that right next door is a panel going on about strange Baruski, the home brewing in the science of home brewing, I think the panel that was next door to that to his panel at the time was on the other side of him was an education policy panel. Um, and because we do one education policy panel and one science policy panel, and we bring in um, representatives from the state legislator. Mm-hmm. But it's a varied. Yeah. It's a wide array of like interests and, and yeah. the audience, but the it's about the audience that's yeah. there at the event. Mm-hmm. It's like here at Startup Week, like there's yeah. people. We're not just interested in in one thing in like startups. We are interested in startups, but not just startups. Yeah, there's all these other things I, that go with it. Exactly, and so he's just floored. Mm-hmm. He ends up buying a full event pass because we only gave him a day pass because he only presented on one panel. End up all weekend just sitting in the science panels, and then from there on, he's involved in our judging our science fair. Um, Special awards we give out between Comic Con as well between ASAF and SARSAF. He's you know got the cyber warfare range of space in our Hall of Heroes. Gets everybody involved there, and he's just like, "I'm your new evangelist." You know, like everyone needs to know, and that's like one of our biggest you know hurdles is that like when we approach some of their industry partners, like um, you know ASU and CC and uh, this. Uh, Natural History Museum mm-hmm. and um, the Science Center and all those, they're like, there's science at con? Like, it's this little question, like, huh? Like, why? And then when they finally come, it clicks. Sure. And then, you know, just like Elio's like, huh? It's like, yup. <laughs> and now he's like the biggest Wolverine fan or what? <laughs> he's, he's super into comics now. No, he's no, not he's super not, he's into not. comics. It didn't, it didn't it, translate. It didn't, it didn't click on the geek side, yeah. but he sees the value in the fact that we're sneaking in the science and we're, you know, gaining, you know, this awesome group of people because, um, they had the cyber warfare range up there mm-hmm. last year. And, they and got- what does that look like, by the way, for mm-hmm. those that don't know, what is, when, when you're saying a cyber warfare range, just mm-hmm. describe that. It's a whole bunch of computers in a room with 12, uh, 12 racks of servers that um, are live fire for um, red team versus blue team. Um, so if you're a Halo fan, you'll you'll understand this. Okay. Um, so this is the geek coming out because yep. I do play. No, video go games. for it, <laughs> go for it. Because I've never seen one, and I'm 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 personally curious. Like I've heard the term warfare range. Okay, yeah. So it's like Halo. Um, so if you were playing Halo, you'd be red team or blue team, and you would be literally playing capture the flag. But the flag is um, highly sensitive material that um, you're trying to defend, 
And the red team, you only have to be right once. And the blue team, you have to be right, you know, 100% of the time. Hmm. And the red team is the hackers that are trying to get into your server. The blue team is the defense that's trying to keep you, the red team, out of the server. And the one thing about the Arizona Cyber Warfare Range is they are not sanitized. They are completely live. And you'll be working. You will literally see a live hack go down so that you know exactly what to expect if you're going into cybersecurity. Wow. Um, And there are things there that you can do that might get you into trouble if you're trying to do them at home. But they have um, protection so that you can do them there and not get, you know, handcuffed by, you know, higher security levels. Sure, so sure. that is one of the great things about them is, is that so that if you want to go into cybersecurity, either forensics, blue team, red team, um, you know, crypto is so that you can actually witness some of these higher end attacks that go down on the daily that you can say, I recognize this. This is such and such trying to attack my server. Mm-hmm. I've seen it before. I know what I need to do. Versus the sanitized boxes where they're like, okay, this is what happened six months ago. We're going to walk you through versus this is happening right now and you're going to see what goes down. Mm -hmm. And so they have a couple of um, expansions. One's up at GCU. One's down at the Williamsfield um, ASU Polytech. And they're looking to expand, I believe, to Embry-Riddle here shortly and whatnot. So... Mm. Um, if you are looking into cybersecurity, those are the boys to go see. Yeah, um, for sure. It's in their name. It is. <laughs> um, and so they have a lot of hurdles with warfare range. And But they were at our space in the Hall of Heroes. Mm-hmm. And because we get about 10,000 people a day per that space where it's at on the third floor, um, they actually post um, con, they got about 400 people through their doors that were like, we saw you at con. My kid's really interested in this and they're able to start, you know, getting more people to be more aware of who they were. And now they have more interest. And considering there's about 10,000 unfulfilled jobs in the state of Arizona right now for that field, it was a huge boost to them. And that was amazing for them. And so I was like, that's exactly what our goal is in that area is to be able to enlighten and innovate and be like, here is our future STEM in STEAM, you know, people. And I want them to be excited, but we can't sit up there and just lecture at them like they're our college kids that we're teaching and bore the hell out of them. Right. So that was our big mission is, you know, we want it to be fun. So how do we do it by, you know, overlaying that pop culture, but also, you know, make it fun, make it exciting. So when we got the space in the Hall of Heroes, Everything had to be hands-on. Everything had to be exciting. And, you know, we don't need to be like, well, this is a huge poster that I did for my conference. And you can clearly see that there's a difference between that image and that image. It's like, no, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) It's going to be robots. It's going to be computers. It's going to be this. That's the future. So speaking of of the future, like I I know that's kind of what you were alluding to but what what is where do you see where do you see it going steam in 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 the next five ten even further out number of years it's gonna start replacing the stem schools as much as i know they're probably gonna cringe at me saying that (laughs) but um that's okay i know but i there's a big you know debate in education on it and 
again, you, you can't have it without creativity because they have, you know, there is no little box of you give them this experiment. This is the outcome because that's not life. Um, and project oriented things like is the way to go. And because every look at a startup, you know, we're all risk, you know, every company that's an entrepreneur, we start life, we're, we're taking a risk on our companies. We do not know how they're going to end. We, I would love to say it's going, you know, both my companies are going to just take off in the next, you know, six months to a year and life is going to be wonderful. Right. Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't know. And to, you know, continue teaching them with this idea that you do this first step A, step B, you're going to get C isn't going to work. And, um, you know, this is the new, um, new age of, um, education and, to borrow Elio again for a second, um, you know, that was great for the industrial age where we worked hard, we did this, we built that, and that was great. But we're not in that in, in industrial age anymore. Right. We are in the technology age, and we need to start looking at it like that, and we need to start teaching them like that. This is the first, you know, iGen is the first generation born with a technology in front of them, you know, touch technology, all of that in front of them. And... So they're going to have, you know, Jarvis. They're going to have that. They're going to have AI neural networks. Yeah, already really exists to a point, right? I mean, and I mean, this wouldn't compare to Jarvis necessarily, but kind of does that, you know, the viral video, mm-hmm. you know, the one I'm going to say it, the other last week, I think the, of course, I think it was Boston Scientific, but mm. the viral video of the two quote unquote dogs yeah. that were, one came up to the door. It was robots, robot dogs, AI. I mean, however you want to describe them. Um, and it comes up to the door. If you haven't seen the video, thing looks like a robot. It's a robot dog. Comes up to the door and it's like, what is this? Oh, it's a door. Oh, hey, I'm going to send a signal or call out to my other robot dog. And that other one comes up and opens the door for the for the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like this... There's there's this level of you know artificial intelligence, but it's also it's like a taught creativity. Yeah, you know it's 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 a learned creativity. Which I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I don't know that that's really creativity. You know <laughs> it's 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 learn it's it's creativity is is innate. Mm-hmm. You know I, that's how I feel about it, and it it's you have it. You, you whatever your creativity is it's it's yours you know and some people may look at one person and say oh well that's creative and that's not from someone else but it's all creative because it's coming from it's original yeah you know so it's funny because i don't the arts part is that's what the point i'm getting is the arts part is super important as you know obviously because it's it is that part that's i don't i don't feel like it's learned it's it's you have it inside you Everybody has it. Yeah. Um, you can bring it out in people, yep. but everybody has it. And like I said before, you know, Amazon started in a garage, Microsoft started in a garage. And for some people to just go, well, I, I you know, my time's up. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not. You can, we can, we can help you learn how to bring that back out and whatnot. And so I think that we need to kind of, with you know STEM and STEAM, we need to kind of regear people and regear education towards that element. And we you know we would like to try to help with real time STEAM because you know that industrial you know linear learning is great, but not for this coming generation. Right. 
when you know let the robots do all you know the that and let the machine learning do all that you know repetitive work because that's what it's there for why keep rebuilding the wheel and keep making them do this when before they're even capable of really reading and writing their own name they know how to unlock the tablet and get to their favorite you know little game and kill time Mm -hmm. when they're not you know, app to um, ask the teacher a question or help, but go home and use Google and YouTube. Then it's like, this is what we've innately built. Yeah. And I'm all down for it, but let's use the tools. And we've built those tools. And we've, as STEM professionals, we literally built them those tools. Right, right. So why not continue to use those tools and rebuild the education system with them in mind totally but also keep in mind that we need to protect them from you know with cybersecurity, and also not you know solve one problem and create 30 more in the process by saying okay solve the education problem but i'm going to solve it by letting you know selling all this information to ad companies to keep it cheap so that they know all this, this, and this about the student before they're 18. Right. That's the the whole trade-off. Yeah. Right? I mean, we always talk about that. Even, you know, working in social media, it's like, that's it in marketing. It's nothing's free. Yeah. You know, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on Snapchat, you're on Instagram. They have your data. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're paying a price and you're on their platform and you're playing by their rules. Yeah. Um, as creative as something like Instagram lets people be to a point. Yep. It's it's still limited, and um, yeah, it, I, I, I that whole that whole idea of of uh, the kids, the kids having having the tools like that at their disposal because I, I have a four year old. Yeah. That yeah, absolutely. You know, she gets she gets on the iPad, and does her little thing. We we monitor as much as possible and but she's she uses the iPad and, and plays around on it and she I mean when she was like two she could do it yeah she could do it even even though she didn't totally know numbers yet she could do the code she was memorizing patterns right exactly and it was like amazing to me to watch her do it even now it's still amazing she knows swiping mm-hmm. you know swiping and here's the the icon and it, i mean it makes total sense right because it's it's not like you don't have to be able to read mm-hmm. to know what these colors and things mean but it, it's still amazing to me and and i don't know where do you think where do you think that's that's headed like where, with the kids she's 4 yeah you know 10 years from now what is she gonna have? Where is she? Where is she at? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that that generation. I know you said the i gen, yeah. right? And that's that's kind of it's starting to catch on, like millennials and yeah. Gen X and stuff. Um, that generation is it? Are you are you seeing it as it's it it will be a positive, like the fact that the, these little little kids they do have this technology at their fingertips? Yeah. Um, or, I mean, it's up to us as parents, of course. But in general, do you see it as a positive that they have this? Um, your your opinion. It's your opinion. Yeah. Well, I kind of um, the best way for me to describe this is I'm kind of dead in the middle on it. 
And partly because I am a technology user, I'm an advanced, you know, I do know how to code. I do know how to do this. And I see the, the positives and negatives um, as a scientist. It's kind of my innate analytical thing, mm-hmm. right? Where the code, you know, where's the corner cases? Um, where do I think is it appropriate? I understand the value of it. But, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, I have a nephew that, um, yes, give him the tablet (laughs) while we're at dinner because I just don't want to hear him scream. You know what I mean? Like, I love him to death. But, yes, just let him play his video games. Let him play Minecraft. And I I will appreciate the car ride home. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of it, um, I really would love to start seeing some of the tech companies kind of start doing what we do innately in um, academic research. And that is what's the broader impact and what's the duality of what you're about to do? Because if they would just take that, you know, half a day to sit down and go, Besides a lot of money, what we're going to about to do and make, that's awesome. <laughs> of course. But what are the broader impact of the technology we're going to bring? And is there anything that this might do that would cause harm? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we have to do, especially in biotechnology, is we have to sit back and say, okay, yes, you know, we have our little blinders on right now. And we're like, this is super awesome. We're going to, you know, solve this problem and this is going to resolve in this. But then when we have to sit down and actually think about the duality, can this cause harm? Like, can somebody take this, manipulate it, and cause a lot of harm? It makes you stop and think for a second. Because I really don't honestly think that when, you know, Zuckerberg was creating Facebook, he would have thought, oh, well, is somebody going to cyber bully somebody else with this so bad that they're going to commit suicide? No. Right. No, that wasn't even a consideration. It wasn't a consideration. In any way, sure. Yeah. Or how many people are going to get killed from stalkers? Mm-hmm. Or um, is somebody going to use this information to rob somebody else because we put geotagging on this so they knew they're going to be outside, you know, on vacation because somebody's going to be dumb enough to geotag? Right. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to make sure that in the terms and conditions, we're not liable. Right. And th- exactly. That's it because they didn't. He's making this. He's not, and he wasn't thinking of these things. Exactly. And he absolved himself. They absolved themselves of the 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 uh, liability, liability, the guilt, and and so now it's just oh yeah, we'll just make money, and like you said, yeah. and it it can't be that way. And that's exactly <laughs> see that's one of my biggest issues um, with some of the tech groups. And I know this is my little soapbox, and it's probably my. Oh, I asked you. I yeah. asked you the question. So. I love the fact that they get to use all this technology and mm-hmm. that they're going to see some great technology, but it's, and it's probably like, it's just my soapbox, but it's like, I see it because I saw it with climate change. It's like corporations just going, well, I'm just going to do this. I don't care right now because, um, you know, I'm making money and I don't mind the fact that all my pollution is going to affect this third world country. But it doesn't affect me. And now here we are going, um, well, we're a globe. 
and or worse giants you know planet mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. globe this kind of comes back around it doesn't just dump somewhere else off into the universe right. like so all the stuff that happened a hundred years ago 200 years ago during our industrial revolution and now all these other countries are going through their industrial revolutions and because all these you know country you know companies because 90 percent of all the mass of carbon is done by one percent and it's because these big country, you know, companies yep. are like, yep. well, I moved all this over here. And now technology is doing something very similar, but they're doing it on the social media and on the computers. And it's like, okay, but we're going after children that yet don't understand that you can harm and do stuff to other people just behind a computer. Right. Right. And now and so yes, I like technology. I like the fact that what you know, my brand new niece that's not even just barely two months old, what she's going to have available to her is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see that. But I would really love to see some of these tech companies come up and start thinking about how could this possibly be used in the future? Like, let's start doing that together. So I'm, I'm in the middle. Okay. And, and I mentioned, Oh, sorry. I mentioned Roz is on the, uh, Mm-hmm. on uh, producing the show Roz has something to say about this I'm yes. sure he does I saw his face kind of right. start going uh, I was like, oh my god uh, reaching out to the mic like five I, times I and know, I'm on your side so oh my god somebody's on my side I'm on your side so <laughs> I, I want to quote Kara Swisher if you know her the, mm-hmm. from Recode right Recode, 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 Recode. Uh, like yeah. a, the most critical tech reporter I know right mm-hmm. and the one thing she keeps saying all the time is that she hated it. All these Facebook and and all these smart guys keep bragging about how smart they are and how can they can build and solve every problem in the world until it comes to these things. <laughs> and then they say, no, that's too complicated to solve. We cannot really solve that problem. And it's it's so annoying because it's really just because it doesn't. They don't see how they're going to make money out of it. So why spend time on that? And that's the livelihood of our future, of our, even of, of our current generation. Right. So that bugs me a lot. And she's so damn right on that. Well, and, and you know what? Meanwhile, it's it's funny because like... Thank you for... for first, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me because I cannot... <laughs> like everybody else is like, well, yeah, it's money. I'm like, it's not just money. Right. It's like, right. oh my God. <laughs> Z- Zuckerberg in particular is interesting because his... His and not to get too off track, but he his whole philosophy, at least public facing philosophy, and and the 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 face that the, the he puts out there, the comments and everything is is that Facebook is about the community and and the users and people's safety and all that, and it's like the actions, certain actions have not been mm-hmm. along those lines, and you could. I mean, I could see both sides where there's the one side where, oh, yeah, he's he is like it's a good thing. He's trying to do it for the good of for whatever good he sees. But then there's the other side of, well, by by positioning it that way all this time, it's what's money. You know, he's (laughs) all I have to say to that is actions speak louder than Mm -hmm. words. And obviously his words do not match his actions. Mm -hmm. 
or lack of action. Yeah, that's that's really what it's been. It hasn't been like that. They certainly they've they've gathered all kinds of data, right? Yeah. And but through Facebook, but they're no different than than Google and Amazon. And yeah. I mean, it's just it's what yeah. the world is now, you know. Exactly. But they're they just... were at the forefront of that <laughs> from well, ten years ago. I learned um, from sitting in on the um, studio of Honeywell's speech that they gather four petabytes of data a month from every all the users, which mm-hmm. sidetrack. All the driverless cars that we are having in Arizona, they gather four petabytes of data a day just per car yeah. from all their sensors. Well, so if you just want a quick, quick science That's fact. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Quick There's your science fact for the day. Um, I'm just but, waiting for when I can buy a petabyte for like 50 bucks off Amazon. Because right now I can get two terabytes for 50. Um, well, with all the <laughs> cryptocurrency in blockchain um words that are not appropriate for this right now um <laughs> probably never <laughs> on blockchain day here at startup week <laughs> don't ever get in a conversation with elio on blockchain on blockchain you will be there for hours <laughs> sorry elio <laughs> he's a good guy we love you we love you elio i promise um, but that's, totally. that's my that's my my love and hate for that technology group. Totally. But I see you have a question too. Okay, or you're gonna have a comment too. But yeah, Ross has a, has a lot to say about about Steam and STEM and all this all the data stuff. I mean, yeah. I he's yeah. and he's coming from. I mean, you're an app developer. You're, yeah. you right. A I'm, I'm a software engineer, yeah. but I, yeah. I also I was not aware of Steam and STEM as a thing. Like I, it, it was one of these words that you hear and you never pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And both of my kids are kind of old for me to worry about that. Like they're both in college already. So it's like beyond me. Mm-hmm. But I keep telling people because I joined the board of a, of a charter school here in town. It's called System, which mm-hmm. is SY and STEM. And we're trying to change it to System. It just sounds, doesn't sound right. But actually, that's part of what we realized that Although the A is not in the name, mm-hmm. the A is in the action. So it actually happens there. Like like they said, like we cannot just do STEM because all these projects have some element of creativity and doing something that is beyond mm. just the math and, and science of it. But but bringing it back to, to the reason I even got involved is because to your point about the fact that we ke- teach kids for the industrial age, I was hiring engineers, software engineers for years here. And the one thing that bugged me the most is that everyone that came through the door had the best scores and best test results and GPAs in like, you know, like with the pluses after the, it's like, come on, like you cannot be better than better. It just doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. But then they come in and they know nothing, mm-hmm. but that's not my problem because it's all about learning. They just don't know how to learn. They don't know how to take a problem and figure it out. Mm. They need to be handheld because the entire educational system, traditional, told them, first of all, these are the lines. Don't get out of these lines because you get penalized for that. Don't even imagine of trying to solve it in your way because here's the right way to solve it. And then they get to reality when, as you said before, that's not life. So that's what bugs me. This is why I'm trying to get involved in all these efforts of changing that. So... So then we need to be buddies because we need to be buddies. <laughs> yes, because we are definitely trying to do that as well. Because um, it's actually really interesting to see how some of these changes are coming down the pipeline on various other groups. Um, the first one that comes to mind is med schools. They are now not um, they're 
more apt to take students that are 28, 29, 30. They're not looking for the 22, 24-year-old. They want you to go out and, you know, experience life and come back, um, primarily because they invest a lot of money to turn you into a doctor. And then they're finding these students that are like, my mom and dad want me to be a doctor. I've been told <laughs> they're going to be a doctor. I volunteered in a hospital. I got straight A's. I got almost a perfect MCAT score, blah, blah, blah. Which has always been the case. I mean, that's always been there, that yeah. type of person. It's just now. But here's the problem mm-hmm. is most of those students, they'll go to med school. They'll graduate. They'll pass the board. They'll spend two months in a hospital or two months in, re- you know, in residence. And they will discover that they don't want to do it. And <laughs> guess what? Mom and dad's not there anymore. They'll go become a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not joking. We spend a large amount of money training them to be a doctor. And then they walk away. And it's like, excuse me? No, get mm-hmm. your butt back here. Because yep. we spent a chunk of money invested in you through that med school. All the cadavers you worked on, they are not cheap. <laughs> like, get your butt back here. Those instructors that are teaching you, they are not cheap. Get your butt back here. Like, I'm sorry. No. But because that whole pressure system of stay in the lines, this is what we told you to do. You had to have that A plus, 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 plus. It doesn't matter because in the end on your GPA, it's still a 4.0. It's not a 4.2.5. No, it's still a 4.0. I don't care. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you got that. And that guy over there got the 90.1. It still comes over as a four. So, I mean, it's all these things that we keep instilling into these students. And it's like, no, because guess what? There's a Helios scholarship over at TGen that they actually go, and if you have a 4.0, please don't apply. Because you can't think on your feet. You're really good at memorizing and regurgitation. But if I asked you to, I need you to, put a box on the wall and draw a line through it. You know how many people actually put the line down the center? It's like, wow, I just said a line. I didn't tell you, you had to be down the center. I didn't tell you, you know, you just, you know, automatically, automatically straight down the center. And it's like, we need you to be creative, especially in the sciences, because, you know, you get funky data back and it's not a pretty little box. Mm -hmm. And it's so cute when we do the science fairs because when I see their data, I'm like, this is – what did you do? <laughs> because if you're getting these perfect little 0.25%, 0.8%, it's like you're lying to nope, me. Nope, that's not you it. You're lying to me. Show me the work. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's work. lying to me because yeah. I, this, I, know, I know data because data does not come back, which – Another interesting fact for you guys today, because um, I'm full of them. Uh, if you happen to be reading something on our lovely social media and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. If they use a lot of threes, sevens, fives, you know, three sevens and eights in their percentages. I think fives in that too. I don't, I might, I have to double check on that, but mm-hmm. I definitely know it's three, seven and eights. Um, if you're like, oh, 87% of people can't pass this or, you know, all that kind of crap that mm-hmm. you see, mm-hmm. um, that's that's fake. Because when humans like to make up data, they tend to use an excessive amounts of three sevens and eights. Whereas true data that they're, you know. Of course. Yeah. yeah there's different. There's a difference of ratio numbers, but humans, when they're trying to falsify data, will tend to use an excessive amount of three, three sevens, sevens and, and eights. eights. See? 
You just learned something new. Right. And it's something to do with the keyboard layout on the 10 key that they tend to use a 3, a 7, oh. and an 8. An excessive amount of 3, 7s, and 8s. Yeah, I guess I need to take these keys out of my keyboard. That's it, man. Take them out. Don't stop, stop making it up. Stop yeah, making so it up, Roz. If you're, if you're, you know, if you ever notice that, like, they'll be like, you know, 87% of people can't pass this test. You know, 37% of, you know, people <laughs> are on, you know, welfare. 37, like it's double. Yeah, yeah but you'll, if you ever notice that if you see those stupid little memes and whatnot, yep. you've noticed an excessive amount of three sevens and eights. It's been made up. Three hundred and seventy-eight people. Yeah. Did took this took this test and uh, they all failed. Yeah. So that's a fake stat. I shouldn't go. Well, first of all, <laughs> if it's dead even, that alone should tell you that's that a it's bad it's a bad sign because you know statistics never end dead even. That's right. Oh. <laughs> but um, are we coming? Oh, we, we are, Rebecca. This has been awesome. Thank you for coming on. How can people find you? Um, they can find us at um, www.realtimesteam.org. It is all one word. They will be able to find us doing the science and education at Phoenix Comic Fest mm -hmm. during May 24th through the 27th, so Memorial Day weekend. I want to let all the teachers out there that will be listening to this and administrators, educators, anybody let know that we have got it professionally development approved through the State Board of Education. We got their seal. So come and get your CEU credits and, you know, tax write off because you're going to have, you know, a fun time. You do not have to carry around a piece of paper all weekend long. We actually have a piece of software that was developed and that you will track. You just text a code and we track those hours through that. So, Whoa. Yeah. Or you scan That's a QRC helpful. code. So if you don't want, if you don't happen to have a smartphone, because mm -hmm. maybe not. Mm -hmm. um, so we sent, we give you a code, you register with us and then that is how it's done. And then we email you your certificate at the end of con. So I know for teachers, that is a huge, that that's going to be a huge selling point. <laughs> yes. You're not carrying a piece of paper. You will just, we'll put up the code. Um, at some point in the panel, you can either text it or scan the QRC and it says, thank you. You're, you have been registered for this class. Awesome. So not a piece of paper. You're not looking for signatures. So as long as you got your phone on you, you're good. Um, um, then that's our, you know, that's the website you're on and you're on social media, media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. Social Facebook. And it's at real time steam. Same word. Um, good branding. One, yeah. Nice job. That's my CCO Eileen. <laughs> She's awesome like that. So, um, is, I don't think that's, I think that's everything. Yeah. Um, come find us. We're awesome. Um, like I said, my tagline is what can we do for you? If we can't do, if we can't provide any sort of help, I'm sure I know somebody who can. So awesome. 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 Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, I, we're all excited to check out real time steam. Thanks for listening. And, uh, See you next time.